You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance and ghost of a chance? Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, the deputy sports editor of affiliatedvoice.com here on the wonderful Linear Nation Radio Podcast Network. Now I am joined by a great guest, great guy, big deal in Philadelphia. I think this is his maybe third or fourth time coming on from the bleachers. I have Dan Campbell, maybe better known as Soupy, frontman of the great Philly area punk pop, pop punk band, The Wonder Years. Dan, thank you for coming on. It's been a minute. Yeah, bro, I love when you switch to radio voice. Like, we're just, like, shooting this shit, <laughs> and then you're like, shit! It's immediately, it's like, oh, loud as shit. I just watched this the Seinfeld Low Talker episode last night, because Ashley has never really, she didn't grow up watching it religiously. I don't know if you did, where I was watching oh, yeah. Monday through, I was probably watching about 20 hours of Seinfeld a week. And yeah. this is before yeah, streaming, and, right. and not even DVDs, where it would play on TBS from, like, 5 to 7, and then Fox from like six to seven, and I was just consuming it nonstop, and I've seen every episode like ten times. So we're going through it, and it's like I was wondering if it's it's aged too much or it didn't hold up. And it's the joke still stands that every episode would be okay if they just had a cell phone like that running joke. That mm-hmm. makes sense, but it, it's still it's still so so effing funny. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still funny. I think the, the conceit of the show being like these are four people who are like objectively terrible. Yeah, once like, you realize they're not supposed to be like good people, like always yeah, sunny, they're not supposed know. to be good people. They're terrible. People. Yeah, that's that's kind of what makes it work and like makes it still kind of uh, hold up because like their shittiness is like built in. That's baked in yeah. the plot. They are bad. <laughs> These are not heroes. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I've been good, man. Just, um, you know, we're getting ready to put out a record September 23rd. And so like. I've been, we've been playing some festivals. We've been shooting some music videos. We've been, I've been doing a lot of press. This is my fourth interview today and I have one more right after it. Wow. Um, But this is the, and one got canceled actually, but this is the only one where I get to talk about (laughs) the birds. And so it's the only one I'm excited about. Yeah, going through the the gauntlet. I remember- uh, Don't tell the Philadelphia Inquirer or like whatever else I did today that said that. No, that's fine. We got to get you on phillyvoice.com to do a little they let me kind of do whatever i want culturally as an editor so i do like a lot of uh superhero films and television reviews so maybe we have to chat about uh the music stuff we'll get on that since uh yeah maybe a little lacking in coverage yeah there's a a song on the record that opens with the line uh we're building shrines to saint nick Foles," and so like yeah so there's something there for you. you there's a single out right or two singles out oh so many singles out man that we had to this is like this new world of like streaming shit where um, you have to like kind of keep releasing songs slowly to like appease like some sort of like 
AI god. Yeah, some algorithm somewhere that like no one really like understands the machinations of, but like you have to try. And so we've actually released five songs from this record, two of them before we even announced the record, two since we announced it, and one yesterday, which is probably the one that you missed because it's been like 12 hours. Yeah, hectic. Uh, really hectic, like 48 hours in the Eagles world with on Tuesday, uh, camp cutdowns, get that initial 53 man roster, mm-hmm. trade for Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Then uh, yesterday, recording this late Thursday afternoon, I don't know when you're listening to this, maybe Thursday night, yeah. Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. But on Wednesday, they do the big Jalen Rager trade. I'm in an Uber down to the Novacare complex for, for practice to be down there as a media member. And of course, that's that trade breaks when I'm in the car. I'm like, Am I going to have to put my cell phone hotspot on? And I'm in this. All my Ubers lately have been Teslas. It's wild. I don't know if this is a new uh, marketing efficiency, uh, gas-wise or electric-wise. You have all these Teslas doing Ubers. I'm like, am I going to have to work now? And I'm calling our Eagles beat writer, Jimmy Kemsky, who also hosts the main BGN Radio show here on the BGN Radio Network, all that brand synergy we love. So wild a couple hours and you know, did a podcast earlier today, me and uh, my co-host Joe on the Odds and End Zones podcast. Talk college football week one, Gardner trade, Gardner Johnson trade, Jalen Reger, Gatorade reviews, yeah. all of that. Uh, you've been busy too. Yeah, we, I was telling you re- before we went live, like we last week was like, okay, Wednesday we shot a music video, Thursday we had rehearsals, Friday we flew to Kansas, Saturday we played a festival in Kansas, 5 a.m. Sunday we're up and at the airport, fly to Denver, play a festival in Denver on Sunday, fly back Monday. I started school this week. So I'm working through an MBA program in the cell on top of it. You know, got hanging Let's with the go. kids. Big, and big then, clap, big clap. So this will be your first This will be your first year of the MBA program? Second year, second year. Second year, I'm, okay. almost, I'm like halfway through it. So, and then like hanging with the kids, which is obviously dope, but it's hard to get anything done. And then we announced that we're on the cover of Rock Sound Magazine, which is like okay. a UK-based magazine. Dropped the single with the video we shot the week before, which is like the fastest turnaround I've ever seen. Uh, today we announced this like release event spectacular. We're taking over Doylestown for a day where we're doing acoustic sets in the record store, premiering the documentary in the movie theater. We're taking over one of the stores as a pop-up shop and we're throwing an after party at a beer garden with like a custom beer, all this like limited edition merch, just like a ton of shit going on. Wait, what and then day is to that? Keep up with the birds. That's September 24th. So the record comes out the 23rd. The 24th uh, is the release event that. spectacular. Is what we're Sounds calling awesome. it. Sounds awesome. Get yeah, a little key fun. to the city. Get a key to the city. Little uh... see if Doylestown wants to hook it up. No, I think yeah, they're, they're probably. Some people are excited that we're there, and I'm sure that there's going to be somebody, some people that are resentful though when we like swarm their town with like a thousand random like people. You know. Yeah, people uh, like us. People like us, degenerate. Two two thousand people that look exactly like two thousand people that look exactly like us are taking over Duo's town. Yes, that's, bunch that's of degenerates exactly with beards and hats. Yeah, a lot of eagles tattoos. <laughs> yeah, so, All right. uh, so yeah, I mean, but other than that, I mean, just been trying to keep up with the birds. Saw the roster cut down. Saw the CD Deuce trade. Saw that Jalen went out. I'm feeling very good. So where were you? We talked at uh, Eagles practice in training camp. You had come one of the days. There was a lot of fans mm-hmm. there every day who all got hooked up and were able to go. So we're getting ready into the, the gritty of the season coming up. We are, I guess, 10 days from week one, which feels insane. One week from the Thursday night kickoff, Bills-Rams. What do you think about the state of the birds right now? 
the, okay, so I'm, you know, last week Josh and I were talking on the the flight to Kansas, my bass player, and we're like, he's like, how do you feel? And I'm like, yo, there are two things I want to do. One, well, actually three now. One of them was like, I really wanted to shore up the safety position, and I thought, man, it's worth it to just go after Jesse Bates. Like, that's the guy I want. Yeah. And uh, but to pull, I mean, for what that would have cost versus pulling off this trade for CD Deuce. I'm elated because yeah. I'm not sure I've heard that he's going to play some safety would not surprise me to see Avante kick into safety and, and have Chauncey playing slot sometimes. But like, man, the defense to me upgraded everywhere. Like, where do you feel weak about that defense now? Like, I feel great all the way through because your white looks good. TJ Edwards looks good. Nicobe Dean looks good. Linebackers look the best they have since I can remember. Corners look the best they have in maybe my lifetime. The edge rush looks strong. The inside, like the interior D-line looks amazing. So flipping to the offense, it was like, okay, two things I want to do. One of them, you already know. I don't know if he's been picked up yet. He's claimed off waivers. If not, I want Lynn Bowden. I know what you're going to say. I thought I know. Yeah, I know you know it. I knew you knew it. I want that dude on this team, man. I, we have, you know, you know, let Rager go. There's a spot there. I want that dude on this team. And then the other one that, like, most people I say this to don't agree with me. I want to resign J- or Jordan Howard. I want so, a running back on this team that when you say I need three yards, do not fuck around and get me three yards. They get you three yards. Had the highest good, yards per carry of his career last year. I want Jordan Howard back. Good news and bad news. Len Bowden, the player referring to, I think we you might have been on before the draft that year, and we were both just gushing about this guy. He's like this, you know, Cordell Stewart slash this, you know, we didn't think of Debo Samuel then, but that was probably the guy we pictured in our minds the way they were going to use this dude. So that Kentucky played some quarterback, played receiver, returner, all this stuff. But he got claimed by the Patriots today. So now he'll be a, he'll be a multiple time special team all pro, probably. Uh, all right. Uh Jordan Howard. I'm still in on that. And on Philly Voice earlier in the week, I was doing this running back track or during cutdowns. Uh, the Kareem Hunt rumors are, were out there. I'm, I'm certainly out on that because of the off the field stuff. I'm assuming you feel fairly similarly. Uh, Alexander Mattinson from the Vikings had been mentioned as a trade target. And some guys that got cut down in the camp. They had uh, Sony Michelle, uh, was cut, but now signed with a new team. And I keep saying they should get someone in the Jordan Howard mold. And then in parentheses, I would say maybe Jordan Howard himself. And I think Miles Sanders practiced some today for the first time since August 14th. But he's still dealing with that hamstring injury. Nick Sirianni didn't necessarily give him a total vote of confidence of playing in week one this week. And in in next week, I should say, in Detroit against the Lions. So it's a weird situation. They they only have three running backs on the, on the 53-man roster which I think was light, especially given Sanders' injury history and how much they ran the ball in 2021. Obviously, they're not going to do that as much this year, given the addition of A.J. Brown, where Devontae Smith's going to blossom to, where Dallas Goddard's going to improve and maybe be a top seven, top even top, even top five tight end in this league. But I think they still need depth at running back. And, you know, if it's week two and they sign Jordan Howard, it really, really wouldn't surprise me. They brought on uh, Michael Perrine. Uh, football family they signed to the practice squad yesterday, so maybe he gets bumped up one day if Miles isn't available. But uh, if they're not swinging a trade for a bigger back, 
you know, there's there's nothing you can lose by having Jordan Howard on the practice squad like they did last year. And when they needed a kick in the pants to help save the season and switch to this run-heavy scheme, he was the guy that felt like the connective tissue, the glue of that. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things that I feel about all that as you were talking about, I was kind of noting. One is like someone in the mold of like a Sony Michelle or. Yeah. Uh, so, like, that was a guy like, I thought they could have grabbed. That's like, that's not really what I'm looking for, right? I want to, I want to hammer. I want, I want to, I want a, a heavy duty between the tackles guy. Like, I want to, because like, I really believe in Boston Scott. I really believe in his ability that if, if Miles is down, that Boston Scott can carry the load. It could be that shifty dude, like can get, I mean, cause, and then the other thing I was feeling about it when I was watching it, I have two other thoughts on it. When I was watching last year, I, I'm one of the guys that I get frustrated with Miles Sanders. Sometimes you love him when he hits a home run, but sometimes I just want someone to, to hit the hole. And I felt like when we were running it with Boston Scott and Jordan Howard, that running attack was so deadly because if it's all predicated on the thread of the zone read and it's all predicated on Jalen blocking that crashing in with his eyes, then you need to just make the decision. If he put, if he, if he leaves the ball in your belly, got to hit that inside zone, right? It just like kind of has to be what it has to be. Another thought I had on it was we talked a lot, or I say hear people talking a lot about how the defense can be multiple. Now we can do so many different things with Hassan Reddick with having C.D. Deuce out there now, with having someone like Jordan Davis in the middle, where we have a lot of, of versatility, uh, interchangeability, right? And I want that. We said, okay, well, the offense isn't going to be that run heavy this year. I don't think we should just say that. I think that we should have the ability to be that run heavy. I want to be able to play the game, play games where if the defense opens up for it, worth it's bombs away. And I want to be able to play games where we just run it down your throat 40 times a game. And I think like, let's just have the players that can make anything happen. And I think that leaves you guessing in such a way that like, I remember I was reading smart football. Yeah. And, I read it. Um, Might be right. Here. Remember the, there's like a, a whole series on package plays where there was like a college offense that ran, it was one play call for an entire two minute drive because okay the quarterback could check to like, okay, if it's off coverage, we're going to throw the bubble. If it's press, we're going to throw the go. We can check to an, a, a zone read depending on, you know, we can check to an RPO. Like the same guys can do so many different things out of the same formation that makes it so deadly. And uh, I think that having a running, you know, I just, I think that we need that. That's like a missing piece to the offense right now is a running back that will just run you over. Not to say Miles can't do it, Boston can't do it, Kenny can't do it, but I want someone that specializes in it. I think that was what was so special about LeGarrette Blunt too. Want to hear some big NBA news? I'd love to. Do you just get something? Uh, Cavaliers traded for one Donovan Mitchell. Oh. I feel like that's every – the two guards they already have are in the Donovan Mitchell molds. Unless well, that's one what I'm saying. That, it feels like one Probably of one of them has to out. go back, I guess. But I like the okay. two guys already. I, I, all I saw was – Woj tweeted they're agreeing to finalize a deal to acquire Donovan Mitchell. So, so you imagine, yeah, you imagine Garland or Sexton is. Uh, yeah, I feel like one's got to go back, uh, right? Yeah, I don't know what else you're going to send them. I mean, what other kind of assets did the Cavs? Yeah, have? I mean, they wouldn't give up Mobley for him, certainly. No. Well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the Cavs front office is thinking. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not plugged in enough to Cleveland basketball to know, but 
Um, still crazy news. But yeah, I mean, other than that, like, again, like with the, the Eagles, like other than the fact that I would like to sign Jordan Howard, I feel great. I feel like the, t- I mean, I even feel great about the depth. Like there's not a lot of players where you go like, ooh, if you lose this guy, you can't tread water for a few games. Like I feel like pretty much anybody on the team goes down as long as it's not season ending. You, we keep afloat for a while. Even at QB. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Whether it's Minshew, I mean, like some of the players that like, okay, like Slay would give me some pause. If you lose Slay for a couple games, I would feel uncomfortable. I guess Goddard, like the, the fall off to, to Stoll yeah. is pretty big. But even if you lost A.J. Brown for a couple of games, I mean, Devontae, Pascal, and, uh, and Quez looks good. Right. That's a that's a good three receiver set still, um, you know. Even if you lose Jason Kelsey now, which I in previous years would have said is a death sentence for the season, Cam Jurgens looks great. He looked unbelievable in the preseason. And again, the caveat: it's the preseason. I think back to the 2019 draft where they the first three picks were Andre Dillard and Miles Sanders and Jay Jaw, and everyone saying, "Wow, they have completely restocked the cupboard." Jay Jaw was awesome in the preseason. We know how things turned out with those three guys. Miles still a little iffy. Well, he right just needed Josh of- McCown to be thrown in the ball. Is the uh, that yeah. was the answer there? He, he's only great if Josh McCown's the one throwing the ball. But I like Jurgens a lot. I love the way that Kelsey was gassing him up during the pre-draft process and after the Eagles took him. And that's all. That's before even you know most Eagles fans got a real chance to see him in the preseason. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's is there a position that you're worried about the depth on? corner yeah, but even then the, so it's it's defensive back i guess because the, again uh i was on training I, I was at practice two days this week and on monday uh i don't know if it was monday or tuesday nick sirianni and howie roseman were did a joint press conference and they kept preach the buzzword for sirianni was interchangeable and i think they look at that secondary as interchangeable because let's say you don't really want any of the corners to go down even if it's an outside guy Maybe you get stuck having to play Avante on the outside, which I don't love. But then you could have a guy like Gardner Johnson slide in the slot. And if there's an injury at safety, they can move Avante there and move someone else to nickel cornerback. But it's a little thin at corner, I would say. Uh, Zach McPherson, I think he looked okay in training camp. I guess this will be his what his second or third season. Camp, right? Yeah, I third saw him season. make a, a big play at that one practice I was at. Um... And, you know, I've heard a lot of good stuff about Reed Blankenship, too. Like, I think he's had a seems, great camp. Reed it I'm seems like there's about. some people here. Yeah. I mean, and Marcus Epps, like, is getting gassed up as something, too. Like, The team loves him. I feel like there's enough there that, again, like, I wouldn't feel good if you lose Slayer Bradbury for the season. But I think you lose him for three games. That doesn't mean three losses. Yeah. And I look at that for quarterbacks. My my thing when I when you evaluate a backup quarterback to me is if your starter missed three games or or four games, could you go two and two or two and one with this guy? And if the yeah, answer is no, you, you need a new backup quarterback. And if the answer is yes, you're in good shape. And really for the Eagles, it's been like that for really most of my life in the terms of how much they've the quarterback factory will live in infamy, but it's truly an organizational edict that dates back to Andy Reid coming here in 1999. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... 
You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What do you think about Jalen overall? I feel good, man. I, I, I said this to you last year, I think, when we were talking about the team going into the season, was like, I would rather be a fringe playoff team with a quarterback like Jalen Hurts that is like really fun to watch, like compelling to watch on the field, than like a division winner and have to have Kirk Cousins as my quarterback and just be asleep the whole game. Like, I'm watching football because it's fun to watch football. And like you want to win, it's the most the most fun when you win. I mean, I see Patrick Robinson on the wall behind you. It's the it was fun when we won, right? I didn't put the came out swinging thing because you're on. It's always there. You could look back on YouTube. I've seen I wasn't, it. I've seen it. I wasn't I trying you. to just uh, kiss your ass, obviously. Well, you got my blank wall behind me that I keep meaning to hang stuff on, and then have keep having to go on tour. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, it's the most fun when you win, but like. I would rather be compelling and good than boring and great. And I think Jalen Hurts is at the very least compelling and good. And the ceiling is compelling and great. Yeah, you can either be entertaining or good. You can't be neither for any. I think that's that's a, a hallmark I say about any sports franchise. Sixers, when they were bad and in the process errors, they couldn't know. Are they entertaining? Kind of. So is okay. Kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, it's the best one you're both, but if I could only pick one, I, I, I am here to be entertained. Literally why I am watching entertainment. Do you think they'll win a division? I do. I think it'll walk. I don't think it's even close. Give me a record prediction and a playoff determination where they end up in the playoffs and how far do they go. The record is going to be 12-5. and five. That's where I'm I at. Feel that, which is... I feel that good. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it's so hard to say. Cause like, again, like once you get to the playoffs, then you stop talking about those injuries being survivable, right? Like if you, yeah. you lose some key you guys stop talking about entertainment, you just want to win because winning's funner than Jalen hurts running for 130 rushing yards and a loss in the division. Yeah. Now, right. But I think when I look at the NFC specifically, it's not like paralyzing me with fear rams are obviously great but i don't even know about the packers this year i mean i guess it's it's a fool's errand to distrust aaron Rodgers, yeah or tom brady but like i don't know 
I don't, I don't, I'm not petrified of them the way that I would be if we were talking about the Bills or maybe the Bengals or the Chiefs or the Chargers or, I mean, that's the AFC is loaded, but I feel like it's one of those things where you make it to the dance, anything can happen. There's no team that I'm like, we can't beat them. It's impossible. Yeah, I think for most of my life, the AFC has been the stronger conference, and that's helped the Eagles out a ton over the years, especially maybe the last handful of years where in 2018, 2019, 2021, they might not have made the postseason. I mean, the Chargers were 9-8 and eight last year. The Eagles were 9-8. and eight. The Eagles were in the – the Chargers were 9-8 and eight in the NFC. They're definitely making the playoffs. Maybe they upset the Bucs, whereas the Eagles probably aren't going 9-8 and eight if they're playing in the AFC West, right? But I think I, – I, I predicted them at – I went optimistic because a lot of people are just kind of treading water. Oh, they're 10 and seven. They're 11 and six. I was like, well, everyone's picking that. And I don't think they're a nine or eight win team. So I'm saying 12. And some people think maybe they won one playoff game. I'm saying they win two. I said I picked them to go to the conference championship and lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers once again. That's not an unfair prediction. I mean, like, I'm worried. If I'm Tom Brady, I'm worried about my line. At 45 years old, you got to be worried about it. Because you don't have as good a shape as he's still in at that age. It's one bad hit and that's all over. So like there's, there's such a high variance on that team because it really lives or dies by Brady. Like that is like, I don't know who is the backup there. Not bored. Oh, it's uh, Blaine Gabbard. Who's basically oh, the, the immortal, person. the immortal. They're the, same. Gabbard. They're the same person the way Matt Hasselbeck and Trent Dilfer are the same. Person. If Tom Brady goes down, that season's over. If Aaron Rodgers goes down, that season's over. I think that the Niners could be frisky. It's like it's almost a similar situation, right? How is Jalen going to play? How is Trey going to play? Um, and I could see. I mean, that would be a fireworks ass game. I would love to see that game get played. How do you like Trey? I'm not his biggest fan. My issue is experience it has nothing to do with who he is as a person mental makeup raw talent uh Jalen Hurts uh, the Eagles did not throw the ball a lot last year I believe they were 28th in first down uh passing and that's from the second half of the season on when they were just a 1957 running team mm-hmm. despite that Jalen Hurts threw for more passing yards last season than Trey Lance has last year and his entire collegiate cons- uh, career combined. That's rough. Yeah, that is. there's not a lot of experience there, but how do you get the guy experience? You let him play. Yeah, then that's my issue there is I'm not taking a – I was a little gun shy, I would say, of drafting another quarterback from North Dakota State. I would be. And I know he's a little bit different stylistically than Wentz, but I want a college quarterback that has a lot of experience, who's won a lot of games, who even if he's in the – uh, FCS, Carson Wentz played in a couple championship games for North Dakota State. So that's a little bit different. He started over the course of three or four seasons. Trey Lance really hasn't played a ton of football over the last few years. I'm left wondering, hey, he has the benefit of a great roster around them, a great offensive roster, a great defensive roster, a guy I think is a top two or three coach, top two or three offensive mind in this league. He has all that he's been put in his position to succeed and like you said, it's very akin to Jalen's situation here. And I think if something happens with either of those quarterbacks, whether it's poor play, injuries, each team has, I would say, a, a top two backup quarterback 
and Jimmy G and Minshew respectively, that that playoff profile doesn't change too, too much if there's a quarterback situation where the number two needs to go. Yeah, also that's an interesting point as far as like league ranking for backup quarterbacks. Obviously, the greatest backup. That's a, that's of actually all time. an article I have coming next week on phillyvoice.com. I mean, the greatest backup quarterback of all time is on the Colts right now, and that's Nick Foles. So yes. <laughs> yes. outside of that, though, um, yeah, I mean, Jimmy G could start on a lot of teams in this league. Gardner Minshew could probably start on a couple teams in this. League. I think Gardner Minshew is a top thirty quarterback. He's not a top twenty quarterback, but I think he's a top thirty. No, but season. like. Would you rather have Gardner Minshew or Geno Smith? Easy. Would you rather have Gardner Minshew or Davis Mills? A couple guys. Yeah, exactly. There's a couple guys that that guy could replace. So that's that's a great backup to have. Yeah. I always like am, and he also does the thing that I am. My take on backup quarterbacks has always been: I want one that can run, because like you're not going to have the reps with these guys, no matter how much you practiced, no matter how much you looked at your playbook. It's just the timing is always going to be off a little bit. And I just want you to have that additional weapon where you can just say, fuck it. I, I want to win this game. I'm going to take off. I've said that I feel like for the last 15 years. And I think I think back to really 2010 when Michael Vick took over for Kevin Cobb. And it's part of the reason why I liked the I didn't necessarily like the Jalen Hurts pick at the time, given it was a second round pick. And he thought this loss, this roster was getting loaded around Carson Wentz. But the well, idea we also of talked our, about our, it. Before Hurts that draft, where we we, we, we gassed up Jalen Hurts, we we were going back up. and forth, going, "Yo, what if we get Jalen Hurts in like the third round? Wouldn't that yeah. be dope?" And then yeah. I took him in the second, and everyone's mad. But I I like the idea of a quarterback, like you said, who has that running profile as your backup because, like you're saying, comes into the game cold in the third quarter, hasn't really played meaningful snaps, and maybe the entire season, maybe it's been a year or two since he's been in a thrust into a true game situation. The timing's not going to be good with the receivers and tight ends uh, it's not gonna be chris he's not gonna be you know arm not only say arm shape but arm ready to just step in there and start throwing darts so it's gonna happen it's third and six he's gonna drop back we need to got to roll around and rush for 12 yards and pick up a first down that way so i know Min- Minshew certainly isn't jalen hurts but i think he's very strong in the R- rpo game he has that ingrained in him and i think what we saw in the jets game last year he can step in and Win them a game if he if Jalen Hurts missed three games for some reason. I depending on where they're at the schedule, I really think Gardner Minshew go two and one in that stretch. I mean, it's kind of like I, I always thought this. I mean, I understand why uh, Cap didn't want to sign a backup deal for a sure. long time, but like, man, if you're an NFL team and you have someone that's that athletic and that talented, and you're trotting out Chase Daniel to be your backup just to get murdered. Yeah. You're just like, yeah. hey, let's just put Chase Daniel out here to get murdered. Like, what about this incredibly strong, fast, talented dude? Or I always, I mean, I don't know what he's done since he got cut from the Browns a million years ago, but it always seemed insane to me. Like, Johnny Manziel always felt like the world's most perfect backup because it doesn't seem like he can study a playbook, but he can play backyard football. Yeah, I would look at him and Kaepernick as, to put it lightly, a, a little bit of opposites in terms of how their profile is off the field, to put it mildly. Yeah, uh, incredibly different humans. But as far as like <laughs> what you want out of your back, yeah, I, I, I don't agree. know. Where, what happened to Johnny Mesley's playing in Canada? Uh, he was in that fan controlled football league, I think, most recently that T.O. is playing in or had played in. Uh, but obviously, I have to look it up now. Johnny. Yeah, I was like, that guy was like, oh, he's not on the Browns anymore. And I was like, oh, someone will sign him as a backup, right? And then I, like, didn't look 
I like just didn't Google him for 10 years. And then I was like, oh, wait, he was playing in Canada? He plays on the Zappers in the fan-controlled football league. The Zappers. Is that the league where the, the jerseys look like Reese's Cups? Yeah, I think so. He played two years in the C- – or one year in the CFL, split between the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Montreal Aloots. I'm certainly butchering that. Did not Alouettes. take French. Alouettes took French neither okay. in high school nor college. So my apologies there if we have any French or potentially French-Canadian listeners out there. I think I remember being at Alouettes when uh, Tressman was coaching the Bears and they would talk about it in the booth. Oh, yeah. I, I Actually, after he kind of burned out there, I, I kind of like the idea of him coming in as whether it's a visor, QB coach, or something like that. I really liked him stylistically, obviously. Did not work for him, out for him as a head coach, though. In 2013, the Bears were okay and had a shot at the playoffs for sure. And that was the Josh McCallan year, right? Where it was like on fire because yeah. he was throwing yeah. like the twin towers of Brandon dude, Marshall his, and Alshon Jeffrey. Dude, his stats were unbelievable that year. I have to look them up now. When, actually, when that was Puffer, the year where it was like, hey, Josh, just fucking throw it as far as you can. One of these guys is going to get it. So he completed 66.5% of his passes. Started five games, went three and two, throw a 13 to one touchdown to interception ratio and a wild 8.2 yards per attempt. QB rating of 109 and a QBR of 82.4. Obviously, a tremendous outlier in his career, but yeah. for a bit of time, it felt like uh, the way Chip Kelly had Nick Foles going, uh, Trustman had Josh McCown going. McCown right? Yeah. Circle of life. Josh McCown is, was in Philadelphia for two years. Yeah, that was uh, – and then they thought, eh, we'll go back to Cutler. Wild vibes off the field, but not the greatest quarterback ever, I'd say. Cutler? Yeah. I think that it's probably a guy that I would dislike pretty deeply. Who do you think has more receiving yards this year? A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith? Or even Dallas Goddard? Uh, I think that it might be Devontae just because, like, He's going to feast on second cornerbacks, right? That's like that. that's yep. a wide receiver one playing against your second best quarter or cornerback, and maybe sometimes your third. Like, I could see some a, a lot of sets where you bump him inside of the slot. Yeah, that's a shifty dude. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know what? Maybe not receiving yards, but I think he'll lead the team in receptions. Okay, I like that. I can see AJ Brown leading in receiving yards and Devontae leading in receptions. And maybe Goddard and touchdowns. Also very possible. Yeah, I think that's going to be a nice spread out offense. And I know in, in training camp, they were really force feeding AJ. And I think uh, I've harped on it in my writing on Philly Voice and on this podcast, Odds and End Zones. Hertz has been throwing over the middle with a ton of success in training camp with the obvious caveat that it's practice in training camp. But that's something he didn't do at all last year. And that at seems all. like... Uh, an unstoppable route for A.J. Brown, especially when you take into account his run after the catch ability, racking up that yak. I think it'll be tremendous connection, but I do think the offense will be pretty spread out and balanced. And I'm not just talking about run the pass ratio, but in terms of, in terms of who's getting the ball from Hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I again, man, I'm just excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about the Sixers. I'm excited about everything. Like, it just like it feels really good right now. Um, I guess this guy? is. I'm not a baseball guy so much. I want to like baseball. I think there's like a romance in baseball, and every year come like 
you know, it's like opening day feels so exciting. And then I just lose it throughout the season, just over the course of the whole thing. But from what I like hear every once in a while, it seems like there's a, a wild card spot in the Phillies future. Yeah, there there were three wild card teams in each league this season. They are in the second spot. They are a half game up as of this recording on the Padres. And so right now it'd be the Atlanta Phils and the Padres making it as the three wild card teams. And then the Brewers are fourth and out of the picture, but two and a half games out. So if, the, if those standings held, the Phillies would go to Atlanta for a three game playoff series, all games in Atlanta, best two out of three. I think that it's the same thing like for every sport, really. Once you make it to the playoffs, like anyone's got a shot. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like. I think in baseball little... more than any sport, too. Yeah, I mean, football always strikes me that like because it's there's not a series, right? It's a one game series that anyone's got a puncher's chance. Like anyone could have something crazy happen. I mean, I don't think that Seattle should have beat the Eagles in that wild card game um, a few years ago if it wasn't for Jadavian Clowney uh, weaponizing his head against Carson Wentz, like because like you almost beat them with Josh McCowan with his quad torn off the bone. He still almost won that game. What a gutty performance from him. And obviously he wasn't the type of backup quarterback that Nick Foles had been the previous two years. But valiant effort for an old guy, a guy who'd been around since I was in like second grade. Yeah. That was big. But yeah, I mean, that's, that shows how like in the playoffs for the NFL, it could just, hey, the quarterback's hurt. The other team's going to win. And um, that's why I'm like, that's why I was talking about earlier, like, there's no team that I'm terrified of because you always have a puncher's chance once you make it to the playoffs. And I think a three-game series in baseball – and baseball seems like it's such a high-variant sport. Just like Certainly. my limited understanding of it is like did so much more of it feels – luck is not the right word, but it it's like out of the control of – like yes. I think a basketball game, like you can kind of control that game. If you're someone as talented as like a Joel Embiid, like – but – no matter how good you are, you're only batting one out of every nine tries, right? And like, it's just, um, it feels like it's too, too high variance of a sport and it needs a long series. And in a three game series, again, that's basically a puncher's chance. You didn't, how far do you have him going to the playoffs? We didn't get a hard answer. I don't know. Fuck it. Let's go to the Super Bowl. You think they're going to win the Super Bowl? I think they'd go to the Super Bowl. I don't think that they could win the Super Bowl. But uh, against who? Bills, Chiefs, Chargers? I think it would be the most fun if it was the Chargers because imagine where's the Super Bowl this year? Arizona. The Chargers just don't have enough fans. Yeah, I mean in imagine, 2017 the the birds took and that was when they were playing at that soccer stadium that or MLS stadium that wasn't even it was in neither San Diego nor LA. Uh I always thought that they should have been the Anaheim Chargers anyway, but uh, the Orange County Chargers would have worked for me and would have worked for them. That's a huge population center. But no matter, regardless, imagine a Birds Chargers Super Bowl. That's an Eagles home game. Sure. That would be a lot of fun. And then just a bunch of Rick's executives that work for Capital One and stuff like that. Yeah. I The, the Chargers have some fans. Uh, my homie Vic from a band called Pierce the Vale is like a big Chargers fan, right? Just okay. like from San Diego. That's been his team. Um, and I think there is a lot of that. How did he feel about the move? Did that, did that change the fandom? I 
never really got his perspective on it, but uh, I saw him in a Chargers hat after the move. So I have to imagine that it's still, and I think that Vic spends a lot of his time in LA anyways. So he has the, the luxury of doing that as like a, a guy in a very popular band. But we have a comment here predicting Eagles, Bills, Super Bowl, Eagles 34 32. I think you'd be okay. We with that, We're like on live YouTube. Live? Yeah, on YouTube. Oh, yeah. no shit. So it's easy. It's easier to record this way and get audio and video really quickly. So it's we're using StreamYard, which if you ever have to do anything in the future, I really love, and I've I used it even before uh, was doing these sorts of uh, you know interviews and stuff like that. So yeah, it's broadcasting live on YouTube, even though we're not necessarily using YouTube specifically right now. Oh, cool. Is anyone watching besides that one comment? Because we didn't no, like promote it. No, I don't promote it because it's it's just yeah. there's no there's no really need to. But if you obviously if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, which you can do, uh, I think it's Bleeding Green Nation SBN. You could just Google us on there. But usually we have like two or three different people that might pop in at any different point in time. So we have oh, two cool. people in at one time. We have one in here right now. So that works. well, dude, I hate to do it to you, but uh, I have more press today, so I got to pop off. I was going to wrap it up. Um, yeah, four o'clock's perfect. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, but uh, yeah, again, I, I should just say- uh, Plug the, the, plug the album, plug what you need to, what do you yeah, need to do? Uh, the Wonder Years, The Hum Goes On Forever, comes out September 23rd. Um, if you are an Eagles fan, like I said, there's a song on it called The Paris of Nowhere. The first line of the song is, we're building tribes in St. Nick Foles. Um, not a whole record about the Eagles, obviously, but uh, we had a bunch of songs out, but most recently a song came out called Old Friends Like Lost Teeth. Um, video's up for that. And uh, we are, this Sunday, we're playing Allentown um, with the starting line. We're doing the record release spectacular in Doylestown on the 24th of September, 24th of September. Uh, and then we're going to be announcing a Philly show in the near-ish future. So Thanksgiving Eve tradition. That would be cool. I know we also have, I mean, a bunch of other shows. We're playing Starland, New Jersey. Uh, the New York show is sold out. The Baltimore show, about 100 tickets left. Um, so if you're anywhere in the region, we're kind of all over. We have a bunch of other shows that we're doing that when we were Young Fest with My Cat and Paramore. We're doing Riot Fest in Chicago. We're doing Is for Lovers Fest in Cincinnati. We're going back to the UK in November. And then after that November tour, I am going to uh, lay my very tired bones on the ground and pick them back up next year. Much deserved rest for you, my friend. I'll let you go now. All right. Appreciate it. Go birds. Got you, bro. Hopefully things are going well and good for the team. Good for business for me. And you come on for playoff time. How about that? I would love to be here for the playoffs. All right. Talk to you, man. All right. See you, buddy. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Vanta. 
Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanda is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.